Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Central Texas Life. And we're going to talk today about foster care. And I have the wonderful Hope Middlebrook with me. And uh, you are with uh, Arrow Child and Family Ministries. Yes, ma'am. Have been for a couple of years, mm-hmm. you yes. say. Uh, but your background is in journalism. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you know, you're sort of their, their face. There's <laughs> a lovely face, I might say. But oh, thank you. It's it's such a such an important topic, and you, and you tell me that there are a lot of changes mm-hmm. to the foster care. Yes, um, we're lovingly calling it the tsunami that is about to hit. Really, uh, foster care is changing rapidly, and I think it's good changes. I'm very oh, excited. It? Well, that's good to hear. Yes. So basically, CPS in the past, Child Protective Services mm-hmm. has been the ones that investigate and remove children and then oftentimes will license parents to care for those children, foster parents to right. care for those children. CPS is actually phasing out. Really? Um, it's unclear exactly what their role is going to be in the future, but at this point, they are no longer licensing foster and parents. And that is, that is an operation of the state, right? Yes, it's a state it is. governmental. Yes, so it's going privatized. So non-governmental. <laughs> yes, what... and, and the CPS does great work. They're wonderful, and wonderful they're overworked, people. And they don't but have enough people. And, right. So this is something where private organizations can step in and work alongside the state rather mm-hmm. than having it all fall on the government's shoulders. You know, these are... Uh, private agencies are kind of like boutique CPSs. They're much smaller. They're smaller offices. So um, the caseloads go from 60 kids, a caseworker, to something more like 10 kids. Wow. So you can really follow up. Yes. And there was nothing worse for me as a news reporter mm-hmm. to have a story about a child or, you know, an abusive situation and Nothing was done, yes. and then that child is killed, or mm-hmm. you know, Which those, those horrible stories of neglect and abuse, um, and you know, things happen to parents that can't care for the kids and so forth. So there is a safety net, and really, which is yes. what the foster care. Yes, but the problem is right now here in Waco. We don't have that many foster parents. Right. And so I was talking with a, a policeman recently, and he mentioned. Um, that he walked into a CPS conference room and there were just mats on the floor and kids just sleeping on the mats. That is unacceptable in our town. That's unacceptable. There are so many people here who have the space, who have the love, 
it's time for us to step up as a community, especially my heart is for churches to Absolutely. start having more ministries that are reaching for these kids. Well, just this past Sunday, um, the, the minister was talking about foster care, which mm. was kind of interesting. Um, and I, I'm not going to retell it as beautifully as she, as she did, but talking about, you know, the foster parents, y- you don't know if you're going to have this child for six months, mm-hmm. six weeks. Yes. You know, six years, you know, you don't know. And uh, someone was asking a foster parent who decided to do it after her kids were out of the nest. Yep. And they were still active and wanted to give back. And mm-hmm. so, but how can you do this? Doesn't your heart break when you have to give the child back? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, she said, of course. Yes. My heart breaks. But is, and it, and it does every time. Yes. But she said, is that? enough of a reason not to give a child who needs yep. this protection and care that I can give for however long. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just such a beautiful description of, of foster care. Right now, there's kind of a slogan going around in the foster care world, which is get too attached and let oh. your heart break. I, I'm a Christian and I don't believe God has called us to an easy life where we're trying to protect our feelings um, from getting hurt. You know, these kids, God is more concerned about them being in healthy, happy, loving families than about my feelings, maybe getting hurt once a child is reunified with their biological family. Yes. And so I think a lot of people though, I hear this all the time as a, as a recruiter, people say this all the time. I'm just so worried. I'm going to feel sad when the child is reunified. And that is the biggest green flag to me because that means you're going to be willing to invest your emotion. I want you to feel so connected Mm -hmm. to this child and for you to treat them like your own because some of these kids have never had anyone pouring into them. So you will get attached and it will hurt, but it's like, the pain after doing a really good workout, you're really proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it just makes <laughs> yeah. you want to work out again later, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so you like childbirth, you forget the pain. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. you go ahead and do it again. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, that is something I'm trying to even educate people about. Right. Um, but there's a lot of children in Waco. And the truth is, it's about to get more um, because of the privatization of foster care. That's what's happening. So the state is stepping back and it's going private. Now, what happens with that is um, an SSCC (laughs) takes over. I'm going to try to make this as... um, Concise and sparks notes as possible, but yeah. SSCC, do, do I need to take notes? On this? <laughs> I've I've tried to think through how to explain it as mm-hmm. um, uh, you know it's because it, it, it's so complicated. Even I sometimes I'm like, am I understanding this correctly? But that's a single source continuum contractor. Okay. Basically, a private agency, someone like Arrow or another agency, it won't be Arrow in this region. We've already covered as many regions as we're able to. Mm-hmm. But um, a private agency will be stepping in kind of as the CPS in the okay. region. So they're sort gonna, of a clearinghouse in a way. And they're going to be the ones who are calling the other agencies to see if there are beds available, if yeah. there are families available. So it's, in my opinion, a really good thing. Um, but when the SSCC takes over, it's all about communities stepping up and caring for the kids that are in their community. So Waco, when there's not enough families for these kids, they're outsourced. They go to Dallas. They go to Austin. They go to Houston. Imagine being ripped away from everything that you know, everything you love, your family, your friends, and now you're also in a new city. And and often there are multiple siblings. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And and 
It's important for them to stay together. It absolutely is. And even better if they can stay in their school. If right. they can stay with their doctor, if things their dentist, can, right, stay they can see as their normal as possible. So we also have to have um, a, a good number of therapists. Um, we need our community to be equipped to take these kids in, um, not just families. We need the community stepping up. So that's all what the SSCC is there for. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to be bringing our kids back to Waco because it's all about bringing the kids back to their community of origin. Mm. So that's why there's going to be an influx of kids over the next year or so coming back home. How many? Do you have an idea? The number changes so frequently. It's it's hard to put a pinpoint on it, but we need a lot of families is the truth. Yeah. Um, If you're listening to this and you're even just like, I am interested in having a conversation about it. Let's meet up. Let's have a coffee. Let's chat about what this would look like. I think oftentimes people get nervous about their biological children. Um, Right. Like, oh, I don't want them to get attached to a new sibling. Yeah. I don't want. Well, there's a lot to think about. There is. But but they they can understand, too. We're doing this to help this child. Bio kids tend to love foster care more than anyone um, and tend to do really well. And it just fosters um, a love for uh, kids from hard places. Mm-hmm. Um, I have people calling me who grew up with foster siblings and now they want to foster. Really? Uh, one of my dear friends, she grew up with foster siblings. Now she works for another agency. A lot of bio kids absolutely love fostering. So um, that's definitely something to have a conversation about. But the truth is, as this wave is approaching Waco, if there's not places for these kids, the reality is they will be in a hotel room they will be in a shelter, they will be in a conference room, and that... On a pallet on the floor. Every yeah. child deserves a family. Yeah. So... Even even if it's for a short yes, term. Yes. And we have wonderful um, other organizations that are serving, like Isaiah 117 House. I was going to mention that. Absolutely. Which and is Sparrow's an actual Nest. facility mm-hmm. for kids so they're not on a pallet on the floor yes so both isaiah 117 house and sparrow's nest which is out in valley mills Mm -hmm. have places for these kids uh to crash for a few days but it's not going to be enough it's not i think sometimes people get really excited like oh well now there's places for these kids but it's short term yeah so if that's something where you do have a love for what isaiah 117 house is doing or sparrow's nest maybe it's time to take the next step Um, and become a more permanent place for this child. Uh, But I will say, my little caveat is, um, when people hear the word foster, typically the word association that comes next is adoption. People think foster and adoption. But really, it's foster to reunification. Kids, they statistically do better in their families of origin. So when you're fostering a child, the hope is that they will be reunified with their biological family. Mm. And if there's issues, substance abuse, sometimes incarceration. Absolutely. And and then when that can get resolved, mm-hmm. hopefully they're on a better path. Absolutely. And then able to care for their children. Yes. And then there are kiddos, though, who will not be reunified. And yeah, I'm so, sure. So um, these kids are, if you're curious to see them, it will break your heart. It's uh, You can view them on a website called TARE, T-A-R-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just scroll through page really, after page really, really. after page. And typically, I often see every two weeks, 50 children are added to the list. Oh, my goodness. It takes your breath away. It takes and, my breath away every time. Yeah. And these kids, though, 
are not babies. These are kids that um, are oftentimes a little bit older or have mm-hmm. medical issues that they need families who can step in. A lot of times parents get nervous about um, bringing a teenager into their home. But these kids have been waiting for a family for so long. It's really sad to see kids that age out of the system oftentimes end up homeless, incarcerated. Um, Teenagers who are in the foster care system are given a free ride to a Texas university, a state university. And I believe only 3% of them Take that. Take advantage of it? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Because if you don't have the family support, no. where do you go on the holidays? Well, yeah. It, and so if yeah. anyone, it, it, a lot of times uh, families who've already had kids graduate will be a good um uh, maybe a good home for these kiddos if mm-hmm. your kids are a little bit older. But I know families who have young children who've adopted teenagers and the families are so healthy. They are so happy. The, the teenager who's just been adopted is a wonderful big brother, big sister. I see it frequently. Um, and it's something that has just blessed my heart because these are the kids who oftentimes have no one once they turn 18. Well, I, and I, I think maybe a concern of somebody considering fostering because I think I might get a child who really has psychological needs mm-hmm. and, you know, do am I equipped? How do you prepare families for fostering? So there are different levels uh-huh. um, that our kids are at. So if you feel like uh, a basic level child is the right one for you because you don't have uh, a history with kids with special needs, absolutely. Just let us know. You feel like a basic level child is right. Moderate level is a little bit higher tier. They're going to be in more therapy. And then they're specialized to kids. Mm-hmm. They, these kids need a very special home for them. Um, so we do equip our parents, though, with a thorough training. Um, I'm one of the trainers for it. Mm -hmm. You spend several hours with us uh, over the course of a month or two learning about how to parent these kids because you do parent them differently than you would your biological children. I'm sure. Um, And so we want you to feel so equipped at the time of licensure. There's also ongoing training. The good news is, though, you also will be in such frequent contact with Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say that your case manager is kind of like your foster bestie because when you have a child in your home, you have to be very confidential with their information. You can't just call your best no, friend. No, no. Um, but you can talk to your Arrow case manager about mm-hmm. everything. So you're going to have ongoing support. If you don't know how to handle a situation, we have someone on call 24-7. They can walk you through what to do. And I can tell you, Working with this team, this is the best of the best. Uh, These women, um, it's all women right now, Mm -hmm. are so trained. They are so equipped. They They want to advocate for your family. And so... There will never be a moment where um, you're, you have a child in your home and you're like, I have no one. I have no idea what to do. I'm lost. We never want you to feel that way. And thank goodness with our team, you never will. Yeah. What kind of, um, I guess, contractually do you have if, you know, if you, if you get a foster child and it is just absolutely not working mm-hmm. out? I mean, so I mean, it's not like fostering a dog from the animal shelter. I mean, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, absolutely. That does happen on occasion. Um, the goal, of course, is for a child to have as few placements as possible. So right. if it's at all yeah, possible. Yeah, because continuity is what so they don't important. have in their lives absolutely. and what they need. So if it's just like, oh, I don't like this kiddo's personality, we would be like, hey, you did make a commitment to this child. Yeah. We didn't ask for you to find your dream child. We just need this child to have a, a bed. A, a safe place to be. But mm-hmm. sometimes... 
it's not working yeah. and it's hurting the child and it's hurting you and it's just not the right thing. You put in a 30-day <clears throat> discharge notice and we'll look for another home for that child. I see. Mm-hmm. And there can be emergency removals. Um, you, uh, We never want you to feel unsafe in your home. Right. That's very rare. Um, but well, what about, you know, say if you want to travel or whatever, can you take the child out of community? That's a great question. And yes, it falls under what we call normalcy. You can even take the child overseas. Um, if you're going on a European vacation, you're going to the Bahamas, we want that kiddo to go with you guys. Oh, how, how fun is that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can I go too? <laughs> I'll come along. That's right. Um, I could be a foster kid. <laughs> I sometimes feel that way with our families. I'm like, can you adopt me too? You guys are so great. You do have to get special permission from the judge. The yeah. sooner, the better. Um, oh, okay. So uh, if you have to go out of state, maybe you have a funeral um, in California and you have to go very quickly and you haven't had time to clear it with the courts, the child will go into respite. So they'll stay with either one of our other families okay. or one of our respite so there providers. A, mm-hmm. Yes. There's, there's a, never going to be thing. a time where it's like you are strapped to your house and yeah, you cannot I wondered, leave. Yeah. I wondered about that. No, ma'am. I wondered about that. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about you. How did you get into this area? Uh, we talked to you. In fact, you talked about going into broadcast journalism. Yes. And, yeah. And <laughs> the Lord stopped you. He did. He said no. <laughs> and not here. Um, so tell, tell me how, how you kind of got into this path. So um, I have always had a real love for adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of started when um, I was very young. My mom had planned on adopting a little girl uh, right before she got pregnant with me because she had a dream to have a dark brown haired brown-eyed little girl and uh-huh. was in the process of adopting when she got pregnant and um, capped it with the kids that she had. But that love never left her heart. And so we grew up hearing amazing stories uh, about kids who grew up um, in even orphanages overseas. And it was one book in particular when I was little called I Love You Like Crazy Cakes. Hmm. It's about a mama adopting her baby. And I read this book so many times. And as I got older, I was always very fascinated by people who would step into their children's lives um, without a biological link. I was always fascinated by step parents, by adoptive parents. I always thought it was really beautiful. Um, Then I planned on becoming an attorney for a little bit uh, and just decided over COVID, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I can't do this. And I decided I wanted to move to Waco. Um, It felt like this was where the Lord was leading me. And I just looked up on a whim foster care jobs. Really? And I don't know exactly why. And it was the first time, you know, usually qualifications, you, you hit maybe three out of the four. Yeah. I saw that I had every single qualification that they were asking for. And I was like, okay, I'm going to apply. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, don't talk. Once I had applied, I was like, don't talk about this job to me because I'm so excited. And if I don't get it, I'm going to be really sad. So let's just not talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. So um, (laughs) I decided I was going to move to Waco. Two weeks later, I had a fully furnished apartment. Uh, and then like four days after that, I had been hired for the job at Arrow. I applied on a Wednesday, got the job on Thursday, um, and then moved down right after that. And Down it, from? Uh, well, I've kind of lived a couple different places. I was born in Dallas. Then I went to school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went oh, to Oral you? Roberts University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Golden Eagles. Yeah. And then I moved to Denver, Colorado. Uh-huh. Um, and then I had just briefly been back in Texas for a couple weeks when I decided I was going to move down to Waco. So mm-hmm. I was back in Texas after years of not being here. I love Texas. I'm so happy to be home. Um, And I 
love foster care so much. Now I'm looking at getting my counseling degree to uh, work you? with kids um, in the foster mm-hmm. care system. It's just uh, the Lord has really used it in my life. I, I My passion has always been for family, for the family unit. And so yes. I feel well, so and lucky. And the family is under such assault in yes, our culture ma'am. today. Yes, ma'am. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you, you see this all the time. I do. Yes. And coming from a uh, broken family myself, um, I have such a heart for a healthy family. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to see that with so many of our families. I've gotten to see restoration in my own family. And so I want to see that with other families. And so it's just been a really beautiful thing. I'm so thankful. And Arrow, I mean, there's a reason we have a reputation the way we do, because Arrow loves their employees. They love families. They love God. And they just want to see healthy families. So I'm very thankful. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Arrow Child and Family Ministries. They're based in Spring, Texas, yes, outside ma'am. of Houston. Mm-hmm. And so you said they've kind of kept the areas that they're they're doing. In other words, they kind of yes don't want to get over their skis. On, so on we stuff, cover you know? basically all of Texas except for like two random cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are the SSCC. We'll be the SSCC in two different regions. We were actually founded by a foster child. Um, Is that right? Yes, we were back in 1993. Um, He grew up in foster care, had a really rough go of it, finally landed in a Christian home. Um, And his mom, his foster mom, would pray over him every night, a Bible verse. She would say, children are a gift of the Lord, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. That's right. And so May your quiver be full. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And so he named Arrow after that verse. That is so sweet. That just gives me chills. I I know. I love telling that story. Um, And so we've been serving in Texas ever since. We also um, work in Maryland, uh, kind of a random two yeah, states. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're in Texas and Maryland. Um, we've done many things over the years. We've worked in sex trafficking at times, mm. um, anti-sex trafficking, <laughs> of course. Well, I mean, um, that's that's another yes. really significant area where kids are vulnerable and they be take, they're taken advantage yes. of. But then they need, when they are re- rescued, yes. they've got to go. And we Somewhere. want them to land yeah. in a healthy foster home. Yeah. Oh, so, gosh, yeah. yeah. So there's so much healing. That, I guess is where my question about, mm-hmm. you know, you just feel like, am I equipped to care These for a child? These kids just with... need a home. They yeah. really do. They just respond to love and they do. hugs and touch. And There are times where it'll be hard. There are some kids that are harder than others, but yeah. we believe that God equips Mm-hmm. Um, we believe with proper training, families can become wonderful restorers. Um, we want people to help restore children. Um, so I think if there's something in you that's being tugged at in any capacity, we're always looking for respite providers, babysitters. I have. Yeah, uh, even really super short term. Yes. Just overnight. Two days. You know? Whatever. You know, that might be a way to kind of get an afternoon. It. Absolutely. Just yeah. step into the stream, you know, and most people who take that first step end up falling in love with it because our yeah. kids are so amazing and they're just kids. I think sometimes people think of foster kids as another entity, like right. they're another thing. They're just yeah. kids. Yeah, they have kids. a third eye or something. Yeah, like they absolutely, just, they like reading American children. Girl doll books. They yeah. like playing football outside. They yeah. want a mom. They want a dad. And sometimes they'll even ask to call their foster parents, even if they know it's temporary. They're so hungry for love and for parents. Yeah. Um, so and they're going to respond to that. They do. Kids sense when someone is safe and they may test your limits at times, just as all children do, you know. Um, but these kids need love. They need support. They need boundaries. They need someone who's well, not and walking they need, away. They need a stable family dynamic to be modeled yes, for them because chances are they 
didn't have that. Yes. And some of our bio, our biological parents are really wonderful people who uh-huh. had some hard things right. happen to them. Right. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're not, you know, sometimes yeah, just sometimes like all parents. Sometimes they're just, yeah, they're, sometimes they're just we have, damaged people. Absolutely. You know? And then so, we sometimes see biological parents working so hard to get our kids back. And we'll see yeah. our foster families walk alongside the That's so parents. good. That is so good. Yeah, where it's really, it's such a selfless thing because they're not, even if they're hoping to adopt that child, right? Um, which does sometimes happen, you know, uh, but even if they're hoping to adopt that child, allowing the biological parent to, to still be a part of their life. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that is just awesome. Well, I like to end these visits with a little questionnaire. Yes. Some of the one the late, great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actor's Studio. This is my take on it. So we'll start. What is your favorite word? My favorite word is patisserie. What? My favorite word is patisserie. But uh, just, you're going to have to tell that's like a good one for me. Where they make pastries. Oh, I put, oh yes. And I'll that's tell you, I, I thought about that word. I was in the Middle East at the time and I was in a really lovely bakery and I was like, what is my favorite word? And I saw it on the wall and I was like, I think that might be patisserie. Well, that's a first for this show. I'll tell you for sure. I love that I had an answer like that. I know. Uh, really, I said, did you know I was going to do this? I have okay. a degree in writing. So what's your... Least favorite word. My least favorite word. Oh, anything that's like gross humor. Just ooh. yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what turns you on creatively, spiritually, mm-hmm. or emotionally? I try to paint every day. Do you? And yeah. I try to play my piano every day. Good. And when I do that, I feel so much closer to God, and I feel like I understand myself more afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Those creative outlets are so important. Well, what turns you off creatively or spiritually or emotionally? Being boxed in. Hmm. If I feel like someone has um, an idea of who I am that isn't accurate or if they want to cap me creatively, um, it makes me feel unconnected, disconnected. Yeah. 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 Good. What sound do you love the most? Oh, man. What sound? Um, I love, this is not very you know, special, but I love going to sleep with rain and thunder. Oh, gosh. And in Texas, it's such a rarity. We're or always, the sound of the we ocean. We love to hear it. Yeah, I, love I, water. I hear that from a lot of people. Or babbling brooks, something to do with water. Any type of water. I guess that's why those those white sound machines and stuff often. I have, have one in my room. On that. Yeah, that's it. Well, what, what sound do you hate? Oh, um, I hate like when... Uh, the trash truck is coming down the street and it's like really a lot of metal clinging oh, and then yeah. our dog starts going crazy. It's so much stimulation yeah, I mean, for my I, brain. I'm hearing it in my head right now no, as just you like, speak. Everyone, please stop. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. Oh, okay. What other profession would you like to have tried? I mean, you thought briefly about television news, but. Well, when I was 18, I wanted to do musical theater. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're a singer, too. I, I am. I have some pretty bad jaw issues now, so it's it's harder for me to do. Um, but for a while there, my dream was to yeah. be on Broadway. What can I say? Oh, how <laughs> wonderful. You have a favorite show? Um, I probably Les Mis. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. very unique with that, but I like Hamilton. I like... I like most shows, to be honest with you. Yeah, the Lion yeah. King makes me cry when yeah. I see it live. Yeah, yeah. Um, what job do you know you would not want to do, though, no no matter what? Oh, man. Um, I wouldn't want to do anything at night. Uh, I don't like night. I, I wouldn't want to do an overnight job. 
Yeah. Um, so need, need your beauty rest. I, <laughs> I am. I love sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so probably I'll say someone who works um, a desk job overnight, that would probably be my nightmare. Sitting still is not something I'm great right, at. So right. sitting still and being awake at three in the morning, no go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can, I can go along with that. Okay. Final question. What do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, you loved my family well. That's my, my heart is to love family, to help create families and to have a family of my own. And um, I would love to hear him acknowledge that. <laughs> well, from what I can tell you, that's what you're doing. <laughs> oh, thank so you. So I appreciate you so much. How, how Again, how can people get more information about Arrow Child and Family Min Ministries? Yes. So we're www.arrow.org. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Arrow Child and Family Ministries. We're on Facebook. You can look up my um, public Facebook page is just hope as in, I hope it happens, yeah. Middlebrook. Um, yeah. And I'm in a pink sweater. That's my Facebook okay. page if okay. you want to follow along. I'll have to along. get on there and like. Yeah. Oh, yay. No, for sure. So follow along. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and we'll put links, you know, in the um, header for, for the podcast so wonderful. folks can go on. Because I know there are some wonderful stories that mm -hmm. people can read and learn more if they just a little bit of inkling that you might want to yes. do some foster parenting. Oh yeah. And I mean, seriously, just, just a coffee. Let's just pop on over to Dichotomy or Biddy and Bose and just have a, a moment and just chat about what your fears are, your excitements, and whether this might be something that you could do. So a great need, and it's going to be, be even greater yes, in the coming weeks. So I appreciate you so much, Hope, thank you for so sharing much. with us. Such a pleasure. And thank you for being with us for Central Texas Life. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.